0: You are listening to the Building Code. I'm Tom Houghton. I'm Paul Worth. And on today's episode of the Building Code, we're joined by a fellow podcaster and Builder Trend user Melissa Harisco from Veranda Estate Homes, based in Alberta, Canada. Welcome, Melissa.
1: And good job on my last name. Oh. I'm impressed. He, Thanks.
0: He was practicing. I was practicing
1: it's good practice makes perfect (laughs) yeah well thanks for having me guys i'm excited to join you today
0: yeah and your podcast just so our listeners know we'll put it in the show notes modern design minds
1: correct yeah we are the basically the little sisters to the modern craftsmen so Mm. the boys wanted to have a design driven female forward podcast and they asked Amy and I if we would want to do it and after one too many whiskeys I was like heck yeah why not and here we are so we're starting back up again actually this coming week so you guys are getting me back in the routine of of talking and being on a podcast so it's perfect timing
2: that's great what do you guys get into in your podcast like what what should somebody expect
1: um We talk a lot about just the design, how we deal with trades and subs, um, clients navigating through, you know, whether they're a difficult client or it's an easy client or having those difficult discussions about budgets, um, (laughs) which in my world is a bad word, Uh, but no, we, we talk a lot about that. Um, We've had all the guys from modern craftsmen on a few architects. We have landscape designers scheduled up. Um, We just try to get kind of like full circle. So it's good and informative, whether you are in the industry or if you're not, maybe you're thinking about building and you kind of want to learn a little bit more about the process. Then we're, you know, hoping that we're going to guide you down a little bit, guide you down that path.
2: Yeah, that makes sense. That's awesome. So the podcast is one thing you do, but what is like your main business? Why don't you tell the listeners all about that?
1: So my husband and I own and operate Miranda State Homes in Calgary, Alberta, and we are a small luxury home builder. Our focus is five to eight homes per year, and everything is custom from the ground up. So every home is designed on a per client basis. Every interior is completely tailored towards our clients from, you know, every doorknob and paint color stain, which I get in little fights about people on Instagram with because they're like, I want the stain color. I'm like, it's custom. And then... Some people just don't like to hear that answer because everybody wants everything and all that information for free, which yeah. we don't share. So, <laughs> um, but yeah, that's, that's our business. Most of our business is repeat referral. We actually don't do any sort of advertising or any marketing whatsoever. We really worked hard over the past 18 years to build a good relationship with all of our past and current clients. And in turn, that is what keeps the phone ringing.
2: Yeah, so let's talk a little bit about about that because referral repeat business is is obviously very big in this industry. It reduces the the need for, you know, spending money on marketing and all that stuff. But um, for things that you could share over the last 18 years, what are some of the things that you have identified are really important to to create and keep good uh, current and past client or yeah, current and past client relationships?
1: Number one, service. Hundred mm-hmm. percent. Like our clients can call us any time of the day, whether they've been in their home for a week or 10 years. And if they need something, we will be there and we will help them. It may be something that's out of the warranty, you know, scope, but we will arrange the trades to go in. We will arrange the work to be done. We will have our project managers manage that for them, whether again, it is warranty or not. But the, the relationships that we build, I mean, it's basically a marriage. We're working with our clients for an average of one to two years. So it needs to be a good working relationship, but that's a it is a relationship that you build over that time. And a lot of times we become very good friends with our clients. I mean, we've traveled with some clients. We go out to dinner with our clients all the time. It's, you know, at the end of a day when it's a possession day and I'm handing over the keys, I cry because it's like, I'm giving one of my babies, you know, to one of my friends. And I'm like, when can I come back and see this? But for us, again, and we even tell all of our project managers and anybody on our team, number one is service. So if somebody calls and somebody needs something and you're on a site that's maybe, you know, under construction or whatever, you leave that site and you go help that customer. Because obviously it could be something that's urgent, you know, maybe a toilet's running and they can't figure out why. I had one client whose daughter decided to flush a um, diaper down the toilet. Mm. So that's something that we wanted to get to right away Mm -hmm. and help out. With. But that has been the number one thing, because I feel like in this industry, so many times it's they get in and then you get the keys and then the builder just goes away. Mm-hmm. <laughs> They're gone. Um, so that's been really important for us. And then the other thing is also the way that we go about getting our clients um, to take that next step and signing that purchase agreement with us. We're very upfront and honest with our pricing and our pricing structure. A lot of builders will go in and be like, absolutely, I can build you this home for 500000 or a million. And I'm the one that's going to sit there and go, no, actually, you can't. This home is going to cost you $1.2 if you want what you've seen that we've done. And if your expectations, if this is what you're telling me you want, this is what it's going to cost. So on average, most of our clients only spend between zero to 2% in quote unquote upgrades throughout the entire building process. Which wow. is one thing I do love about Builder Trend is the change orders. I no. love that feature, by the way. Um, so yeah, I mean we we really tailor. it. So when a client is building with us, they know exactly at the end of the day what that product is going to cost, and they know that they're going to get something that's superior to what a lot of other builders can deliver.
2: Yeah, we talk a lot about that with all of our guests and all of our clients um, that use Builder Trend. Is is the necessity in this day and age for transparency as well as honesty in the industry? I think that. that's one of the the things that everybody could could work on is the industry's reputation for that honesty and i I think it it serves people well who use that as their mode of sales just being very very straightforward with people yeah
1: Yeah. and i mean i will admit we lose business because of it yeah but Mm -hmm. at the end of the day is that the client that i want anyways that thinks that That they can get the same thing that I can deliver for one to two to three hundred thousand dollars less, probably not, because they may not see the value in what we're bringing. Because the way that we do things is very old school. We do all finished on-site hardwood floors. All of our cabinetry is built on-site by hand out of raw materials. You know, it's not, it's not going down to your kitchen cabinet store and picking a cabinet and having it delivered on a truck and screwed on a wall, and then ta-da, you have a kitchen. And some people see the value in that and some people don't. And we really strive to have that clientele that can appreciate it and respect it. Because the guys that are on our team that have worked with us for 15 plus years are true craftsmen. Like the talent is just insane. Yeah, that
2: makes sense.
0: Let's talk about your team a little bit more just to kind of give an idea because you said you do about five to eight homes a year. How big uh, is your employee base there?
1: So our actual employee base, like say payroll is um, myself. I make them pretty rob makes them stand up and signs all the checks i say i always joke you just sit down and sign checks all day and then we have um two pms kyle and nile
0: that worked out well
1: they're both tall they're both irish and their names rhyme so it's great that's
2: awesome and
1: then we have um a couple site carpenters on staff as well so they'll take care of you know cleaning up the job site If, say, we need some backframing done, or if I need to add a catch move, then they can handle that. And then we also have Danielle that's been with us the longest out of anybody, and she's in our office and does all of our scheduling in office and then work. And then everybody else is either contract or subtrades from there.
0: Awesome. And we've been talking about value on this podcast, kind of like finding your value. How did you guys... Find that for yourself, because I mean, I feel like most businesses was when they start off, they're they're trying to obviously get off the ground, and so you kind of take on whatever clients you can. You've been in business we for we a did. while now, yeah. So when did you guys make that shift, and when did you figure out what that looked like?
1: It was a very long road, to be honest. Um, Cliff Note version: Rob actually grew up in this industry, so his dad was more of what you would consider kind of a track home builder. They were building fifty to one hundred homes a year. Pick your floor plan: A, B, C, or D. Um, when I met Rob and got involved in the, in the industry with him. We wanted to take more of a boutique luxury style approach and really focus on the, the fun, unique homes, making everything different. And when we were first starting out, we did. We took on every single client that would sign on the dotted line. And boy, was that a mistake? But it was a learning process and everybody needs to go through it. And you know what? We had a lot of bumps in the road. And again, it, we learned from it and we moved on our paperwork got really tight. Um, you know, like we have one thing that I think is very important in our contract and it says actually no verbal agreements. Everything is in writing. Mm. So anytime I leave a meeting, I follow up with an email. Here are the notes from our meeting. Please let me know if I have missed anything or if you want to add anything to this because I don't want to come into a situation where, no, don't you remember when when we said this? Because honestly, I can't keep it all straight and I don't expect my clients to either. So that was a big tip for us that, you know, really changed the way that we ran our business. Um, And I wouldn't say necessarily we're at the point where we're like, well, no, actually we are, we're a little selective. So if a client comes along and I feel it's not going to be the best fit, I'm not going to fight for that client to really earn their business. You know, I'm still going to do it with grace and I'm still going to be as polite as possible. And I'm going to give the pricing like I would for anybody else. But if they email and they're like, you know, the price just really isn't, you know, what we want to spend. I'm like, okay, absolutely. I understand. Best of luck.
0: Mm -hmm. Yeah. You know, where
1: somebody else that I feel like I could have a really good working relationship work. I'm like, let's get together and let's figure out how we can make this work. Let's discuss specifications. Let's discuss features. What can we add in now or take out and then do down the road?
2: Mm -hmm. And so when you guys are talking five to eight homes a year and finding that to be your wheelhouse, um, I guess my question would be, how many people are you turning down or, or not gaining business to get those five? We'll just keep it at five. So, like, is that one out of three, or are because the, the managing of those leads, if you have like fifteen leads, or going down that process, is a lot, right?
1: Managing it, and it's honestly, it's the one thing I really, I hate to say, but I don't enjoy doing. Sure. Mm-hmm. But I, I am because of my Instagram following. I am the face of this company, and mm-hmm. people want to meet with me, and it's just that I'm also the one. I wear too many hats. Rob always talks about his hats. He's a developer hat and a builder hat. And that's mm. the way that he always looks at homes. But I'm a designer hat. I have a pricing hat because I'm the one that does all the preliminary pricing for our clients. Mm. I come up with the specifications for our clients. And it is. It's very labor intensive and a lot of time. Um, I would say, I, I wouldn't say turn away, but I would say on average, we probably, out of every three people that we talk to, one turns into a sale.
2: Mm-hmm. Okay. Yeah. You know, I- And a sale for you, because I think a lot of design builders are are sort of doing it in two phases, right? We'll do a design agreement, and then we'll move on to the actual construction agreement. Do you do that in two phases as well, or or what does that look like for you?
1: Typically, we do it. We really leave that up to the client and Mm -hmm. what they feel more comfortable with. Some Mm -hmm. clients are just like, let's just jump in right away. Mm -hmm. Um, We do prefer to go with the design first because we want to make sure that what we are able to create suits them and is also within their budget. And one thing is, is we also love to be involved in that design phase because one, most of the people that we don't actually end up working with have their plans already designed and developed and they bring them to us. And then we're like, this is great. This is a $1.6 million home. Well, our budget's 1 million. You're not going to build this for 1 million, Mm. you know, because they didn't have a builder to take their hand and lead them through the process to make sure that the structure the features that they were putting in the home, the amount of built-ins, you know, the vaulted ceilings, all the, you know, like nano wall doors that they were designing into this home were within their budget. Because the architect's like, this is cool. And then the client's like, that is cool, let's do it. (laughs) And then I come along and I'm like crushing dreams, left, right and center. (laughs) Um, but typically we will, we will do a design phase, um, and we just take a modest deposit to cover the time. If we need like a development permit survey done and also to cover the initial time of the architect. And typically once we have a good solid foundation for the plans and the exterior rendering, then that's when we can go the next step and go into the purchase agreement.
2: Makes sense. Yeah. yeah. You had mentioned your Instagram following. Um, it's, it's quite sizable. So can you talk about how you got there and, and how, how that's, uh, affected your business? positively a lot
1: a lot of luck is how I got there Mm -hmm. so I've been reposted numerous times by a lot of the larger accounts that I kind of have a love-hate relationship with I'm not gonna lie Mm -hmm. um you know those those inspiration accounts where they share people's work and everyone's like oh you did such a beautiful job I'm like um no hi that was me that was me yeah um I do invest a lot of time in Instagram you know as I said we don't do any marketing or anything else but Instagram has actually turned out to be the best free marketing tool that we have found. Um, I stay very engaged with my following. I comment back whenever somebody does comment. I try to answer questions as much as I can without giving out specific for client homes. And then if somebody does repost an image, I will go and I will kind of follow along on that post and I will comment and like, thank you so much. We loved working with these clients or, you know, I'll answer like, this is a quarter in white oak kitchen. Thank you for liking it. You can see more at hashtag you know, Elblia custom or whatever. Um, it's It's been a long road, it's a lot of time, but it has translated into quite a few sales for us. So it's worth the time that I'm putting into it.
2: Yeah, for sure, it seems like that. What, what would you say you spend a week o- on the actual platform?
1: Don't ask me that. Too Two too
2: <laughs> Two too, too I
1: I think on average, I'm on for about two hours a day. Not yeah. solid, but like, you know, sure. you jump on and you like, you know- You check you, this. Revise. Cause I probably get on average over a hundred DMs a day. So I like to check in like, yeah, like I get in from a job site, I post my stories, I go in, I reply to a few, I move on. And it's Mm -hmm. just to stay on top of it. So when I do get home at the end of the night, I'm not stuck sitting on my couch, you know, going through everything, filtering through everything because I want to stay engaged with people. But it was funny, I actually made a post yesterday. And it was um, it was an interesting one because I was talking about lately I've been getting a lot of very snippy messages from people um, being like, why won't you share this paint color? Like it's a paint color. Like I understand it's a paint color, but my client invested a substantial amount of money, their largest investment that they'll ever make with me to make these decisions for them. It's for them. It's not for you. Sure. And I feel a lot of people on Instagram just feel it's this entitlement society where it's like, well, if you're putting it out there, then you just need to tell us what it is. No, no, I don't. It's my intellectual property. It's my client's property. Sorry. Right. You know, so that's the one thing that I don't love about Instagram. Mm -hmm. But otherwise, it's a great, great resource with other designers, other builders. I mean, that's how I met the guys from modern design or modern design minds, those boys from (laughs) Monocraftsman. That's how I met Amy, who I co-host my podcast with. It's a great, it's just it's a great network and a great way to meet people. And you got to take the five percent that kind of sucks and Mm -hmm. just roll with it.
2: Yeah. We hear that a lot. Yeah. Let's talk.
0: uh, I mean, obviously you have this great interior design background and experience. Let's talk about why builders should be using an interior designer in this process. What's your take on that?
1: Where do I start? (laughs) Honestly, use an interior designer. So if it is a custom home, it'll give your clients that ease of knowing that they have somebody that can hold their hand. The fact that clients, you can say to your client as a builder, we have an on staff interior designer. You don't need to be going to tile stores. You don't need to be going to a plumbing store. You don't need to be going to a lighting store. This is a very, very, very stressful thing, building a new home or renovating, doing a large scale renovation. So the best thing that you can do as a builder is take that stress away from your clients. Give it to an expert who can lead that person down the road. It's well worth the investment and you're going to have happier clients at the end of the day. If a builder is doing a spec home, have a designer on staff. A designer's going to know what the current trends are, you know, where where design is going. A builder may not. A builder may be like, oh, I'll just do the same thing that I did in, in Jane's house down the road. Well, I'll tell you right now, Jane's probably going to get really pissed off if you copy exactly everything that she did and put it into a spec home because mm-hmm. people want their homes to be unique and speak for themselves. So I think whether it's spec or custom, it is such a huge value and asset that you can bring on. And whether you hire in-house interior designer or if you look at local interior designers, you know, and maybe kind of get a feel for a few different ones and try to get an idea and a sense of what your client style is. You know, is this person really modern? Then I'm going to send them to Jake is this person kind of country? And like, once this overdone modern farmhouse look, then I'm going to send them to Joanna, you know, and, and really kind of tailoring your service to your clients. I got sense. that
0: Joanna reference, by the way, that was what, good. What was the Joanna? Reference? old Chip and Jojo reference there. Oh, that was good. The, hey, thanks. The yeah. She's my
1: cousin. Magnolia. Did you know that? Are you serious? I'm serious. I had no
0: idea. My voice got really high right there. Yeah, who, is, who are we? <laughs> talking I was just about again? so shocked. Joanna Gaines, Chip oh, and Joanna Gaines from Waco, Texas. From Waco. That show? Oh, cool. She's your cousin. There you she go. She's my cousin. Yeah. Runs in the family. Maybe you no need your, your own show. Yeah. When are you getting your own show?
1: uh Never. I've actually turned it down quite a bit. Really. Been so approached yeah. by about six production companies, and every time I. D- politely decline. Yeah, a fascinating. Lot
2: of, a lot of those production companies for HGTV are in Canada, right? They're based there?
1: Um, I think quite a few are based in Toronto and Vancouver. Yeah. Uh, my reason is, is my business is my business. It's our livelihood. Mm-hmm. And I know what I'm like on job sites. And I'm not going to lie. I'm not going to come off pretty on job sites. <laughs> um, I, I don't take any crap. And most of our guys know me really well, but I actually had an incident last weekend with a rail installer that has never been on one of our job sites before. And the condescending attitude that I got from him during my visit on the job site, I was like, hi, my name is Melissa. I'm one of the owners of the company. And he just sat there and, you know, because I'm a girl and I was dressed and had makeup on. And he probably thinks I just walk around and pick out pretty colors all day. But it was um, it was not happening. And uh, he was off my job site about 20 minutes later. So.
2: <laughs> there you go don't mess with melissa that's right hey that's the title that's the title of the show that's the title of the show don't Don't mess mess with melissa Melissa.
1: don't mess with and it was funny because actually my finishers were upstairs and he just like walked past me and was just shaking his head and then the next day i get a text from another finisher Mm -hmm. what'd you say to the rail guy because all of his tools are gone and he's not done i'm like no he's not and he's not going to be back either so
0: there you go done and done
1: guys hey guys respect designers that's
0: right there you go please respect everybody do more than just how pretty colors and
1: and watch soap operas and get our nails done. <laughs> let's
0: let's uh, pivot to, you kind of mentioned some trends, obviously. I think yeah. everyone wants to know uh, how to stay current. So what are some trends that you're seeing in the industry that people should keep their eyes open to?
1: For me, I think the biggest thing that you're going to see a huge comeback on is a wood cabinetry. So like, I'm loving the warmth that wood is adding um, natural living finishes. So like unlacquered brass or, you know, material like what Rocky Mountain Hardware, Sun Valley Bronzer, Ashley Norton makes, you know, it's a living raw finish as you use it. It ages at patinas, same with natural materials. I am not a fan of man-made anything. So like, and I don't know if you guys saw, there was an article that came out last week, actually about synthetic countertops and how it's increasing the cancer Um, levels and fabricators and everything else from the silica dust in it. And that's just another reason why I'm like Mm -hmm. stick to marble. I mean, I'm sure that stuff is toxic as well when you're fabricating it. But um, for me, it's really about being as natural as you can with the interior of the home. I've always been about classic timeless. I did slightly knock modern farmhouse a while ago when I did a Q and a on Instagram. I just, to me, I feel like that white exterior, black window, black roof, white shiplap, It's going to date your home that is going to be like i built my home in 2019 or 2020 it's very specific and i know people may like it and take elements of that and put it into your home but really try to focus on classic materials and if you do want those trends do them in areas where you can easily like rip that ship flap off a wall and change it up with something else down the road
0: yeah like subway tiles farmhouse sinks i mean i feel like those are just all the rage. Who are you all the Well, farmhouse things. I will say, farmhouse designer. seems like
1: well, a great to these. all style of homes. But you know what? You don't need a sign that says eat or kitchen in your kitchen. Yeah. We know where we are. <laughs> we're
0: good. <laughs> oh, you are now my favorite interior designer right here.
2: That's great. <laughs> I had no idea you were so passionate about interior design.
1: I am. It
0: really brings a home together. Sure. I think that's, I it mean, does. you really, I mean, you can have a great structure. You can have a great build, but interior design is where you make a house a home.
1: And the thing is, I mean, I don't do any decor. I only do the design. So I'll do like all of our millwork, our material selections. I work with an interior designer or decorator named Heather, and she works on most of our projects. And she comes in and she looks at it and she takes my shell and then makes adds the layers to it. But it's great to have somebody that has my thought process or her thought process involved because I can look at windows on a floor plan and be like, Ooh, we are not going to have room to do proper drapes. We should make this window six inches smaller. You know, it's little things. Where should we have floor plugs? You know, if you don't have an interior designer on staff and your electrician's like, I don't know, what about right there? Sure, that looks good. And then the client moves in the home and they have a floor plug in the middle of their hallway because of the furniture placement, Mm -hmm. you know? So I really actually like to get decorators involved as soon as possible, typically at the framing stage. So we can make those decisions at the beginning when we are doing the electrical rough-ins and plumbing and everything else.
2: That makes sense.
0: Awesome. Let's uh just one last question I guess I have for you about your experience with Builder Trend. Because you have been a client with Builder Trend for about eight years now, actually. are you're coming up on your anniversary apparently.
1: Do I get a gift for that?
0: Sure. We'll give you high fives. Yes.
1: Okay, thanks. <laughs> just,
0: just kidding. <laughs> um yeah. So what will be a gift. Yeah. Tell us about the experience. Give us some background to it.
1: So Builder Trend for us has been a great tool because it number one, I love the change order function. Before Builder Trend, I would have to meet with my clients and they would need to initial a piece of paper. So it was taking time out of everybody's day. Now it's as simple as I go online, I log in, I do the change order, whether it's a credit or an addition, send it, they sign it, they send it back and we're done Mm -hmm. and it's all good. Um, The scheduling factor is huge for, for our team. You know, we can go on to any job and we have every job basically scheduled out from the very beginning to possession day. Um, also, our clients are able to see one month at a time though. Um, we allow them to view the calendar one month at a time because things are gonna shift and change. And if you give them the whole schedule, they'll be like, but you had our possession at September 30th. And I'm like, yeah, and it's now November 15th, sorry. You know? So we give them um, access to the calendar one month at a time. So they can kind of be up to date on what's going on in their home. They can see that you know things are happening, things are moving. It allows them to kind of know when the next deposit phase is gonna be done because they'll be like, oh, the framers are done here. You know, we're probably going to have a deposit due Mm -hmm. around this time. Um, That's been a huge factor. I will admit we don't use it to its full capacity, but we are slowly, you know, every job using one more feature and learning as we go on. Well, we got to
2: get you you down to Omaha, Nebraska for Buildertrain University. Absolutely. You, You and the team. I want both the tall Irish guys here. Yeah, absolutely. Lyle <laughs> and Kyle? Because they, they'll access Nyle our bar. Nyle and Kyle, you better Nyle have lots Kyle. of
1: whiskey between Nile, Kyle, and myself. No, I think we
2: can figure that out. That, that is not a problem. <laughs> yeah. You know, Niall and Kyle, maybe they should have their own show. That's, <laughs> that's true. That's got a ring to it, right? It there. is.
1: They
2: don't yeah. have time for that. Oh, yeah. There you go. There you go. None of that yeah. from Melissa. Yeah. yeah. But we we, we, we need, need to have you down. We need to have you down
0: at Bellatron University, so we'll have to work that out off air.
2: But
1: There we go. We can do it.
2: Well, are, yeah, that's it. Or, or the International Builder Show. We'll start talking about that. That's coming up. Huge show. I think for in January. Industry. And I, yep. the one
1: in Vegas, right? Yep.
2: That's right. Las Vegas. Yeah, yep.
1: I, think, I think Rob and I are finally going to go to that. Last year, we happened to be on a beach in Hawaii. And I will admit, I actually had FOMO while on a beach in Hawaii. Yeah. Watching everybody hang out together. And I'm like, what are you doing now? Yeah.
2: We had the Modern Craftsman on last, last year. And I'll tell you what, we'll have you, you and your husband on this year. Just come by the booth. Yep. Yeah, there we go. Podcast live. Sounds good to me. Cool. Yeah. Thanks so much for your time. This was really cool. Um, We're going to get your Instagram handle, obviously, on the show notes, so you can add that huge follower base you have already. Yeah, perfect. Um, We'll send a few more your way. We'll send a few more your way. Yeah, thanks, uh, boys. Yeah, we really appreciate your business and and coming on the the podcast.
1: Awesome. Well, thanks for having me. Enjoy your day.
2: Same to you. Thanks. All right, bye-bye. Cheers. Bye. Want
0: to share a suggestion for a future guest? Have a question about build a Trend that you'd like us to discuss? Or a topic that you'd want us to cover on the podcast? Let us know by calling and leaving us a message at 402-596-6437. That's 402-596-6437. And who knows? You'll maybe hear yourself on the podcast. Love what you heard? Don't forget to rate and subscribe to our podcast so you can hear from more guests that will benefit your business. Also, please check out our show notes page for more information on what we discussed on this episode. You can find it at buildertrend.com slash podcast. Thanks for listening. And we'll see you next time on The Building Code. Appreciate you.